Greetings and salutations, and welcome to the People You Meet podcast. For episode five, we'll meet Cameron Wolf, an NFL beat writer for ESPN covering the Tennessee Titans. With that being said, let's get to it. Hope y'all enjoy. First question, who is Cameron Wolf? Who is Cameron Wolf? Ah, man. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a man. I'm a black man. Um, I'm, a, uh, I'm, a, uh, I'm a sports reporter. I cover uh, the Titans for ESPN. And... Um, yeah, I'm just uh I'm just living like the rest like everyone is, you know. We're all day to day, right? <laughs> I've known Cam for a few years and he's about as down to earth as they come. A hard worker who's most certainly climbing his way up the ranks. We all have to start somewhere and here's how he got started into sports writing. Probably right after my junior high school. Uh I lived in New Jersey playing football out there. Um, I moved to Texas right before my senior year in high school, and I realized football wasn't the same out there. And I realized that uh, my pro dreams probably weren't as realistic as I may have once thought. And I thought, maybe I should probably get another plan. Um, And I I figured out that, hey, you know, I can, there's something I could do where I could still be fully involved with sports and and watch it all the time. And I enjoyed to write and do English and... uh, I, I put it all together and figured out I can get paid off of it, and I was all in. Um, you know, it was something that immediately was a passion for me, and I sort of learned the nuances of the business. Um, you know, in late in high school and then in college, and uh, happened to be all right in it. You know, it took some time to get settled, but once Cam was locked in, he hit the ground running. Man, I was I was playing around early in college. I wasn't I wasn't on top of things, but once once I kind of got my my head on straight, I I I was in felt like an internship every semester uh for my last four or five semesters in college. Um I did a, a internship at you know, ESPN radio station. I did an internship at a local uh TV affiliate in Houston, um ABC affiliate. I did a, a internship at the uh, Houston Chronicle and ended up working at the Houston Chronicle on the night desk and ended up getting another internship there to write. Um, So I really used a lot of those internships to kind of branch off into ultimately getting a, uh, getting an internship at the Denver Post. And, uh, you know, by that time I was, I was an internship master. I felt like I, I knew everything that, uh, that, that was needed to know when you went into an internship and they ended up uh, giving me the job after that. So that, that was really the start of my career and uh you know the people i knew in my path really led me to know how to take advantage of those once i once i got them he got his first shot as a beat writer for the denver post little did he know his first year would be one filled with experiences he'll never forget yeah i got there in may of 2015 i got the full-time job late august of 2015 and i was there until uh july of 2017 so um, probably a little over two two years fully there. Um, it was a crazy atmosphere. I mean, uh, I by the first year I was there, I was a full time Broncos B reporter. They won the Super Bowl. So you know, as a kid, you grow up every you watch the game every year. Like, oh man, how dope would it be to cover? You know, to watch a Super Bowl, to be at a Super Bowl, and I was able to cover one. You know, be at one for free, basically get paid to be at one my first year. So it was super surreal. 
Um, I, I got to cover Peyton Manning in his last year, and this is a guy that I grew up watching. You know, you play Madden, and he got that tight QB vision, you know, where, you know, he, he he's, you know, you can't beat Peyton. Um, so it, that was a, a real awesome uh, experience, and uh, I felt like I, I learned so much in that first year. It felt like five years of experience. You know, I was I was the new guy on campus, the, you know, the kid. You know, I felt like I was the youngest guy in the locker room. You know, me and the rookies were all the same age. Um, but I was able to hit the ground running. I was able to get a ton of experience. And uh, I love my time in Denver. You know, I, I was able to do a lot of stuff that I never thought of doing. You know, skiing, hiking, a lot of stuff. I was like, oh, man, why are them folks doing that? I was in the midst of it, you know. Um, so it Denver was a, a really, really, uh, really good point in my life. And, you know, now that I'm past it, I can say that, you know, th that's something that I always remember that those two plus years of my life. Um, there are a few newspapers and, and a few outlets that are able to send uh, reporters to the Super Bowl every year, regardless of if their team's in it. But the majority of folks, you got to wait until your team is in it. So it's not it's not normal to go to a Super Bowl. It's not a, it's not a it's still a journalistic uh, accomplishment. You know, if you get there, it's still a surreal feeling like this is still the big game and I'm here. So um, I still, every time I get, you know, a chance to go to the Super Bowl, to the NFL Combine, to the Senior Bowl, um, to any of these places that I've been, you feel like, okay, this is, this is an event that, um, you know, a lot of people would love to be at. While in Denver, Cam got involved with as many journalism tools as he could. And because of such, it paid off. After a few years in Denver, a new opportunity came knocking in Music City. I got a lot of attention after the Broncos' first year. I guess they saw, you know, a young brother, you know, trying to do his thing a little bit. And, uh, you know, I was just writing. I was doing a lot of the TV elements out in Denver, uh, doing a lot of the, the video. We had, like, a video element with our site um, where I did a lot of shows, did a lot of um, live hits, some Facebook Lives, some recorded hits. And pretty much everything Broncos-related from our site uh, video wise ran through me. So I became a person for outside sources, uh, I think, to, to see that can write, can do TV, can do video and do a lot of the digital elements, but also is a young and up and coming, you know, journalist. So I had, you know, probably four or five different outlets, including ESPN, contact me after that year and uh, ultimately decided to, to, to remain in Denver and got another year on the beat, got some more experience, um, got a bigger role, and really uh, got to learn a lot of the um, the inside parts of journalism. And, and you know, uh, I thought that was really important for me as you get upon your sourcing and storytelling and building relationships. Um, you know, that's something that takes time. So after that second year, um, I got a call from ESPN again. They were still interested in me, and they, they felt like they were going to have a position open, and they ended up having a position open, and they flew me back out there, out to Bristol, um, interviewed me, and offered me the job. So it was a tough decision. You know, I had really enjoyed my time in Denver. Obviously, the Broncos are a huge market, and you think, oh, man, you know, the Titans aren't necessarily that big of a market in comparison to the Broncos, but the platform was huge. Um, I got a chance to be on sports, and I probably was on Sports Center NFL Live like 10 times this year. Um, so that TV element, you know, the ability to have your grandma text you and say, hey, I saw you on TV, um, is something that you can't get anywhere else. And obviously your stories, when something big happens, you became you become the main voice of that story, you know, for ESPN, you know, you have 500,000 people reading your story, you know, nationwide. So those, those two things, um, really made it hard for me to say no. 
and you never know in this business when an opportunity is going to come back around. So it was something I had to jump on. And uh, I'd never been to Nashville. Um, I never really knew what to expect. All I knew is they 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 love country music. And, uh, you know, that was about it. <laughs> so I, I, you know, just took a leap of faith, believed in God that he was, you know, that he opened these doors for me and he was going to continue to, you know, um, make sure that I was all right, make sure that my family was all right and that this was the right move for me. Um, and it started out all right for me, you know. After his move to Nashville, there's only one word that sums up his first season covering the Titans. Roller coaster. That's probably the best way to describe it, you know. Um, you come into the season, Titans had a lot of high expectations. People thought they were going to be the hot, young, you know, up-and-coming team. You got Marcus Mariota at quarterback. You got Derrick Henry. You got DeMarco Murray. You got a lot of a lot of potential, a lot of uh, untapped potential and talent for a group. And, um, you know, a lot of people were picking them to be the surprise Super Bowl team. And they got in to the uh, early of the season. They looked all right to start. And then they had a huge dud against Houston. And people forgot about them for like three months. And they were playing a lot of ugly football, um, a lot of close close games. I remember watching it, an incredibly ugly game in Cleveland where they won 12-9 to in overtime against a Browns team that went winless. And you weren't really sure what to make of this team. Uh, they ended up sneaking into the playoffs. They ended up winning a playoff game. Uh, overcame a 22-point deficit, you know, quarterback threw a touchdown pass to himself, um, and, you know, they won a playoff game, and then they lost lost to New England, and a week later, the coach gets fired. Um, So, you know, you never know what to expect in this business. Um, You think, I always thought you got playoffs or coach firing, you know, not both, and they ended up getting both. So it was definitely a a whirlwind of a season. It's finally slowing down in in February, now that the, the Super Bowl's over, and and you head towards the combine and free agency. Um, but it's part of the reason why I love covering the NFL. You know, it's hard to get stale. You know, there's always something new. Um, so it's been it's been a, it's been an adventurous year for me, but um, I, I'm, it's definitely a joy, you know, to finish your, you know, third full NFL season and head into your fourth. Um, it's still surreal sometimes to know that, you know, I get paid to to watch and talk about football. Ask anyone working in sports on or off the field, and they'll tell you it's work. But no matter who you are, we all need a break or at least some time to decompress after a long work day. I like to relax when I get home, do a lot of mindless stuff, um, whether whether it's TV, whether it's, you know, hanging out with my fiance, hanging out with friends, um, you know, just kind of exploring the city. I'm an eater, you know, go out to eat on the weekends or, you know, work out. I like to work out and try to, you know, stay fit and also use that as a resource to, you know, decompress as well. So luckily the the off season or whatever, you know, quote unquote is the off season in the NFL, you're not as uh as strict with the practice schedule and, and how often you have to be at a particular place. So I get a little bit more free time to, you know, move around, um, make trips, whether it's a weekend trip, you know, um, or or just, you know, doing nothing on the couch. So you go full full speed ahead for about six months. Um, very little downtime, very little, uh, ability to kind of rest. And then after that, you get more of a relaxed period the other six months. So, um, I'll, I'll take it. You know, I always said I never was going to be a nine to five guy. So now I got to be a 24 seven guy. Um, <laughs> uh, so it's, it's sort of the life you sign up for. Um, but you know, I, I think the fact that, like I mentioned, you, you get to cover football for a living, um, is something that, you know, is worth all the weekends and holidays and, and everything that comes with the grind. Life happens differently for everyone. And right now for Cam, he and his fiance are in the middle of planning for their wedding this summer. 
It's been a challenge, but it's been working out. You got to figure out the pockets of the uh, of the NFL season that are, are, are more conducive for a little bit of time to uh, do personal stuff. So, uh, you know, luckily I was able to get a time in the off season that, that worked um, as far as a wedding date and, and, and figure out exactly uh, when the planning cycle can fit up with our schedule. So, um, you know, I'm doing less of the planning than my fiance is. And, um, you know, I, I just sort of give my input, uh, typically when it comes to monetary things. And then from there, we just kind of go from it. Um, it's a new experience for both of us. So, you know, we just kind of do it as, do it as we, you know, go, go fit, you know, as for how they met. Well, it all depends on who you ask. We both would agree we met in college um, at the University of Houston. Um, I was finishing up, or I was going into my senior year. Um, she she was a year behind me, and uh, we basically were both uh, resident assistants, RAs, and uh, I was moving into a building that she had already been RA in. And uh, basically, we we met um, during the summer. We had met previously before, but we reconnected over the summer. And uh, in my version of the story, since it's, it's me that's speaking here, um, where we um, we ended up, uh, she ended up coming to the uh, dormitory where I was working. I was being a summer RA at the time, and she came through and she uh, learned from her friend that I was on call that day. And uh, she came through and she needed to get into her room. So being the on-call RA, I came into the came up, keyed her into a room. We started talking a bunch, and uh, that started to kindle a relationship, not really a relationship, but a, a friendship that uh, continued throughout that summer and you know, throughout that senior year, we, we had some ups and downs, but we stayed steady with each other. And uh, once I graduated college, I moved out to Denver and that relationship stayed tight. Um, she was willing to come visit me. I was willing to come visit her. And uh, once I realized she was going to be around for the long haul, I figured it was, you know, it was only right that we, we start to think about long term. So we ended up being together Um you know, quote unquote together for about three years total. And, uh, you know, and then we got engaged, um, last, last June. So it's, uh, it's been a, it's been a fun journey. Like I mentioned, some ups and downs, like any relationship, but you know, um, I'm going ahead and, and like I always say, I'm leaving the party early, but uh, I think it's, I think I got a, I think I got a good reason to. So, but as for her side of the story, the first half of his story is true. We did meet at school, um, like he said, we had had an encounter about a year before, um, but we'd never really had a full conversation until um, that summer. I went up to school to um, get something out of my room. I felt like there's no sense in moving out of my room when I'm going to move back in in three months. So um, I did not know he was the RA on call. I did have a friend who was working there, but I hadn't spoken to any of them that day. So I just went up there knowing someone will be there, and it just happened to be Cam. Um, we went, we had some small talk. I don't even know what he was talking to me about. Something I didn't care about. Walked into the room. I got what I needed. I left. Then I get a text message about two hours later from some random number um, in this Cameron. And I did not give Cameron my number. Cameron stole my number from the front desk. He will say, I don't even know what he says, how, how he got my number. But we just kind of started talking back and forth. Um, I started visiting him a little bit and hanging out. Then I decided... I wasn't really feeling him anymore. Stopped talking to him for a little while. Um, but then once the semester started, we 
started talking again some more. Things, you know, kind of picked back up and it was up and down. And um, he just, you know, he, he stuck around and things grew from there. Now here we are. I don't know whose version is true, but I'm just going to go with it. Cam is in his mid-20s and has maturity beyond his years. Fortunately for him, he learned some hard lessons early. You know, you just got to grow up. I grew up quickly. I made a lot of mistakes early in my life. And, you know, you, you sort of re- reach an impasse where you are you think, okay, am I going to go down this path where, you know, I struggle throughout my 20s or do I want to start my, my success now? And I, you know, sort of made the decision that my career was going to be a priority for me. And I had to, you know, get rid of some college, collegiate, you know, type of behaviors to do that. And then once I did that and started to focus on my career, started to focus on putting in the work um, to get where I got and, uh, you know, building the relationships that were required to be successful in this business, a lot of doors opened up for me. Um, A lot of internships, a lot of job opportunities, a lot of um, people who helped um, paved the way for me, started to build, you know, I started to build relationships with. So um, a lot of those connections, a lot of those opportunities I took advantage of. And, um, you know, I was able to, I was blessed to be able to get um, some really high profile jobs early in my career. Um, typically, you know, you know, I didn't have a traditional path. A lot of kids always, you know, ask me, hey, you know, how, how do I become someone like you? How do I you know, work for ESPN. That's my dream job. You know, that's a common question I get. And I always tell them, hey, my path is not your path. You know, every path is going to be different. You know, and it doesn't mean that you're you're not doing something right. It's taking you longer. Um, you know, it's just the way it is. You know, it may take someone 20 years to get where I am. Um, and it took me four. You know, it doesn't, it's just the way it is sometimes. Sometimes, um, you know, path is different. Um, but ultimately, you know, you got to take advantage of the opportunities when they're presented to them. So I, I thought, you know, uh, I was blessed to to have a lot of open doors and I ran through them. Um, and I think that's probably the best way to describe it. You know, you, you just got to realize, um, you know, you could play around and do whatever the crowd is doing. And, and, you know, you could become the crowd or you can step out, do something a little different and you can elevate it be above the crowd. And now the crowd is wondering how did they elevate to you? So um, that's, that's something that, you know, it took me a year or two of college to, to realize that. But once I did, I, I, I'm glad, you know, because it, it has led me to where I am now. There are a few important lessons Cam has learned that's positively impacted his career. He's here to share a few. I think the biggest thing, and one of my mentors told me this when I first took the um, Denver Post job. I, you know, you you sort of you sort of look around, and there aren't a lot of people that look like me in newsrooms. You know, I'm a black male. I'm, um, you know, 24 years old. Um, I'm a guy who probably 15, 20 years ago would have had no chance to get this job. You know, um, one, you're a young person. You typically have to work your way up the, the ladder. You know, it's, you know, typically lead beat reporter positions, particularly with an outlet like ESPN. Take time, experience. You know, people want to be able to trust um, the time and experience you put into the industry. Um, but also being a black male in an industry that's dominated by middle to older age white white men, you're in a situation where not many people look at you. So I, I had a mentor tell me because my first couple of weeks full time on the job, you know, you're you're trying to make sure that you prove the people who hired you right. You know, you don't want to be the guy who got an opportunity and wasn't prepared to shine. Um so my first few weeks there, 
I started to change the way I wrote a little bit. Started to write around like the people who, you know, were around me and who, you know, sort of made up most of the business. And my mentor, you know, called and, and, and told me, he said, hey, man, if they wanted to hire a 50-year-old white man to do your job, they would have. Um, you know, you have to write you. So my, my advice typically is always to people that your experiences, your um, your diversity, um, your your life um, basically is what makes you valuable um, in this business. Um, I think that we really need a uh, high level of diversity, whether it's uh, more women in the newsroom, whether it's more minorities in the newsroom, um, people to tell a lot of these stories um, for people who typically um, have an experience that some of their subjects may have. Um, it's easier for a woman to tell a story of a woman's struggle, particularly when it relates to some of these sexual harassment suits we've seen recently, than it is, you know, some white middle-aged man. Um, and it's e easier for a black man to tell the story of some of these athletes and when they decide to go upon their protests and some of the social issues that are really become rampant in the NFL over the last couple of years than a middle-aged white man. And that's just my opinion, but I, I think I've seen over the last couple of years when you put people in those positions, then they thrive. So it's up to us, one, when we get in those positions, to continue to take advantage of those opportunities and not change who we are and change um, what got us here, um, just because other people may not look at it the same way or may not write the same way. So I think we got to stay true to ourselves, um, stay authentic, and stay diverse. And uh, I think that can that can be successful for, for us and for the people who come behind us. Ladies and gentlemen, Cam Wolf. If you're interested in following Cam's career, you can follow him on Twitter at Cameron Wolf and read his work on ESPN.com. Special thanks to Cam's fiance Brianna. Wish you and Cam the best on your marriage. Our music is by Mark Henry Beats and image by Evan White. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at TPYMPod and on Instagram at The People You Meet Pod. I'm your host, Richard White, and thanks for listening.